Listener Production. You, 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 you got clear questions, we got clear answers. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to Come Out Wherever You Are. It is Friday, and that means it's your favorite segment, Queer Questions, where we dive deep into a piece of news or culture or just pick a question at random that we know queer people are thinking and talking about every damn day. You got queer questions. We got queer answers. Today is an extra special episode because today we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. I have an incredibly fantastic guest and we are going to be talking about a plethora of topics. I would just, Robin, if you could introduce yourself, let us know who you are, how you identify, and then we're going to steal something from our Wednesday episode, but I'd love to know when you first came out to the world uh, and you can pick any part of your life that you'd like to highlight because I know you've gone on a journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Okay, well, starting off, um, I'm Robin Lambert, 25 years old, queer, non-binary and disabled. Um, I'm a Paralympian content creator, disability advocate. And coming out's a bit of a weird one for me because I've never really had to do it to my family or my friends. I've kind of always just been like Robin and, you know, whoever they are, that's totally cool. And whoever they bring home, like, wouldn't be a surprise to us. So, um, yeah, that in that sense, it's a little bit different, I guess, from most people's story. And I, I guess the biggest time that I've come out would sort of be like as non-binary on the internet before the Paralympics in order to create a little bit of representation for others. Um, mm. But yeah, I've never really had that sort of pressure that most people have to sort of come out and to explain myself. So, <laughs> yeah. We need to unpack this a little bit further. Do you know why? Like, have you theorized it? Is it just because your parents are badasses? Like, were they just like <laughs> of a specific time and they were so accepting that they created a space for you and anyone around them that would have allowed them to be that way? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm pretty lucky in the fact that I was a complete accident. Um, and my parents <laughs> were very young and my grandparents were very young. And, you know, they had a lot of gay friends and, and all of that kind of thing. So we kind of grew up together and learnt about queer identities together. And I've also always been a little bit unique in my style and the way that I present myself. So it was just kind of like, eh, that's Robin. Like, they do them sort of thing. So, yeah. Wow. Well, this is so perfect. Like, I actually didn't know that about you. All I get to see is the really exciting headlines. <laughs> first, you know, non-binary Paralympian to win a medal at the Games. Yeah. Uh, one of like three of the first ever non-binary people to uh, be a part of it. And so I see that and I don't get to know all the nitty gritty below, but this idea I had for today's episode, because I feel that this is so common in our community, is people ask us inappropriate questions all the time. They don't always know they're being inappropriate. They might <laughs> yeah. think they're asking it nicely. They slide into our DMs and they think because we're different, we owe them an explanation. And so I thought it would be fun because of your beautiful identity and the fact that you're an advocate for so many different parts of the beautiful umbrella of just diverse and unique humans, that what we could do is talk about some of the questions that you might get asked that I probably think are a little inappropriate. And then let's reframe it for people. Like, why do we say that? Is there a nicer way to say it? And if there's not a nicer way, what's a different question we can ask? Are you yeah. cool for me to Yeah, do that? that sounds awesome. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning, which I think is probably something, let's start with physical because that is what strangers would see first. And that is that you're in a wheelchair. Yeah. 
the first question that comes to mind, and I Googled like inappropriate questions you should never ask for all of the alphabets, including for me, for gay, because I thought, <laughs> let's just figure this out. And I probably think the rudest question people ask, they feel, it's very invasive and they think they have a right to know is like, oh, if you have a wheelchair, how would you have sex? Yeah, I get this do a lot. People, do do you really get that a lot? <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially if I'm like out on a night out, there's alcohol involved, like it always comes up. But even yeah, just like walking down the street, people like try and get to know me and then it's like boom. <laughs> wow, they just like hit you over the head and you're like, excuse yeah. me. I'm not gonna go to you need to go to therapy to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Is there a nice way to ask that question? Is there any situation where you have ever heard a question like that where it felt appropriate? Look, I mean I totally get questions like this i like i i understand there's like a natural curiosity like how do these things work like i think sex whether we admit it or not is like such a big part of everyone's lives and their relationships and stuff like that like it's just it is like a natural question almost to come up but if you're asking mm. someone on the street like perhaps that's not the right like <laughs> Never. no <laughs> time and context i think when it really matters is you know if you're entering a relationship with someone you need to have that communication of like how do these things work like how is it going to be most comfortable for you what's going to be most enjoyable for the both of us but if you're a stranger if you're not going to ask someone else about how they have sex like don't ask me <laughs> yeah do you have to as someone who is not just a very public face that people get to see but also someone who's just going out and dating have over time have you learned how to identify when someone's intentions are good or bad based off the questions they ask? Is it really about language and timing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I like personally talk about sex and disability quite a lot in terms of like sexual health and like it's important to feel sort of liberated and to have options when it comes to, you know, yeah, like sexual health and how uh, how you can achieve pleasure and all of those kinds of things. So I think often people then assume that I'm just like willing to talk about sex here, there and everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But I think, yeah, I think, you know, if you really have a connection with someone, these things sort of come up quite naturally. And, you know, you'd, you would be asking similar questions of someone else, not regarding necessarily like their physical abilities, but like what works for them and what doesn't, because everyone has sex differently anyways. It's not exactly. just like disabled people have sex, you know, completely differently to everyone else and everyone else has sex in the exact same way. That's not like how it works. So. Sure. Let's move on to sport because I think it's also something that people, if they've come to know you, like that is maybe how they were introduced to you. I'm going to give you the mic first because I have some that I found online in the trolling section of some of Beautiful <laughs> Advocates uh, feeds. But what it, would you say like when it comes to sport is the, the most inappropriate question that gets asked to you about your, your craft? Um, I don't know about inappropriate, but I think there's just an assumption that like any disabled person can become a Paralympian. Like, mm, um, it, it's either like, we're just out there, like giving it a go and we've ended up at the Paralympics, you know, they don't realize that it really is the pinnacle of sport for people with disabilities. And, um, there's a lot of training and hard work that goes into it, arguably sometimes even more than, you know, able-bodied sports because you've got to learn to adapt and, um, you know, get the right equipment and all of these other kinds of things. Um, yeah, so that, that kind of irks me because, like, you know, prior to the Paralympics, I'd put in seven, eight years worth of, of training and then it's like, oh, you, you went to the Paralympics. Like, that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so true. A lot of the comments I saw that shocked me and I thought, how has this person been alive on Earth this long? <laughs> is messages that say things like, oh, I reckon I'd win because it's just so easy. Like, oh, if you yeah. gave me one of those, I'd be able to do it easily. 
And it's this false understanding. <laughs> it's crazy. I guess it answers your it is a perfect response to your question, which is this this concept that the training isn't happening at the exact same pace and regularity of any athlete. Like it's an athlete. It's just yeah. a different equipment that you're using. And that not everyone could just sit in a wheelchair and then be fast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have able-bodied people all the time come down to our local rugby club and give it a go. And I can tell you they wouldn't be going to the Paralympics anytime <laughs> soon. Like it's a whole nother way of moving your body, like moving in a chair and um, you know, they end up just spinning in circles half the time. Yeah. So it's just like, you got to appreciate that, that talent and that skill development. Okay. Now we're going to do a nice little segue. Um, the beauty, I guess, of queer as a label is it f- might feel fresh to a lot of people over the course of maybe the last 10 years, because for so long, that word like gay, homosexual, lesbian, dyke, was used against us. And then there's this beautiful uh, reclaiming of that in our community and the joy that it brings. And so I'm imagine it's not such a negative question, but uh, people will probably ask like, what is that? What does it even mean? How do you identify queer? Like, why is it a powerful word for you? Yeah, I mean, I get it all of the time because I'm in what appears to be quite a heterosexual relationship. Um, But, you know, for me, being queer is just, you know, being against the norm and loving yourself regardless of that and, you know, just celebrating diversity and difference and because, you know, we we all are different and and diverse in in different ways. And for me, it's just being able to be, you know, proud of who I am and and proud of the fact that, you know, I I, am... sit somewhere else, you know, against the gender binary and, um, you know, I can find beauty and love in, in lots of different places. So, yeah. I love that. One of the questions I saw online was, if you're in a relationship with a man, aren't you just straight? Like, you don't get to be queer anymore. <laughs> yeah. Is that something that comes up a lot? Like, people yeah. questioning it? That's it. I don't think a lot of people see the nuances, you know, between sort of sex and then sexuality and gender and gender expression and all of the nuances that you know interlap in between all of those different things it's not just Mm -hmm. you know you're in this relationship therefore you know this means this this and this so is there a nicer way to ask that question have you ever found one that feels appropriate I think you could just ask, you know, what does queer identity mean to you? Because it is mm. going to be different for everyone. Everyone's experience of their gender and their sexuality is going to be different and is going to be shaped by, you know, the relationships that they've had and the experiences that they've had. So, And I think the best thing people can do to be an ally to the LGBTQI plus community or the queer community is just to listen to as many different stories as possible with empathy for their experience. Oh, I love that so much. Do people ask a lot of questions about your partner? Like, I guess one of the things that comes up when you identify as queer or bisexual or anything and your partner does not match people's specific like understanding of it, do they go, oh, well, he must be bisexual or gay or whatever? Do they thrust labels on him? Yeah, I mean, he is also queer, but I've had so many people assume that he's a trans man, like, oh, wow. in order to try and, like, justify, like, our experience and our, like, labels, um, which is <laughs> quite interesting. Um, but yeah, th- yeah, people make a lot of assumptions. <laughs> Wild. So chicken or egg, what came first, uh, your beautiful relationship to your queerness or your beautiful relationship to being non-binary? Ooh, I think uh probably queerness because like I, I think it took a little bit more time for yeah sort of for me to get the language to describe myself as non-binary and to I guess delve a little bit into like queer theory and stuff like that um mm. but queer was just like this 
big open label that I was like, yeah, that, you know, that feels right to, to explain everything. Did you find it harder to come out as queer or harder as non-binary? I imagine that they have different weights. One is like a gender identity and one is more sexual focused. And so yeah. is there people who don't understand it, did one feel harder than the other? Yeah, I think queer was definitely easier because everyone, like, I don't know, I think people still assume that it's, oh, they're young, they're queer, like, they're just open and having fun. Whereas, like, non-binary, it was like, I don't get that. Like, what does that even mean? Um, You know, why can't you just be this or this? Like, so that was definitely harder. And even, like, with family and stuff, like, my mom is very much a feminist and sort of grew up as a tomboy and had to fight to be a woman. Yes. Uh, you know, called a woman and seen as a woman and sort of had to fight to embrace her femininity as a more masculine person. And I think so even she was just like, well, why don't you just like be a woman and be all of those things? So it was like yeah. a lot of conversations with her and, and people that, you know, even are quite open-minded and educated on a lot of things um, just to sort of get to a point where it was like, no, this is just the label that fits right. And, um, you know, that's just me. That's really powerful to hear because I think for a lot of people, they wrap those questions in a bow of like, well, only homophobes who are uneducated would ever think those things. When the reality is sometimes people in our community and our strongest allies are the ones who introduce those concepts to us because they feel safe to. Yeah. I mean, one of my best friends in high school at the time identified as gay and I sort of tried to explain, you know, maybe I think I might be like non-binary and and they were like, "Mm, that's like weird. And now, you know, as they've grown and and explored different things, they also now identify as non-binary. So it's like, it's not just, yeah, these closed off, like narrow-minded people that are curious or get confused about these things. And I think as long as you're willing to sit down and have a conversation and, and to learn from other people's experiences, then there's, there's nothing wrong with asking questions or being confused or, you know, not fully understanding something yet. So now we get to what I would deem as the more nuanced current cultural conversation. Non-binary people have been around forever and ever and ever, documented history through so many different cultures, but one doesn't need to argue too much that it has been a bigger part of this cultural zeitgeist over the last couple of years. And now our community has access to a word that explains how maybe a lot of people, not maybe, a lot of people have always felt. But because of that, I'm sure a lot of the rudest questions and pushback and trolling comes from non-binary. Is that right? Like, yeah. confusion around non-binary yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone's just fighting to define the label by their own experience where it's like, yes. yeah, although we might not fit in into these stereotypes, we're still experiencing femininity, masculinity, all of these different things in different ways. So. How, what is the definition for you? Like what makes you feel euphoric? Why is that a label important to you? I think it's just, it basically just means that I can be whoever I whoever I am, regardless of gender, like the thing that I was assigned at birth shouldn't dictate who I am, how I act, how I dress. It's just, it's just, a, it's, it's the freedom to be exactly who I am, regardless of what society says I should be. Mm, I love that. So some of the things we've heard on this show, so I'm just going to use from our own interviews from our beautiful non-binary uh, guests, Denny Todorovich, Kath Ebb, Sandy McIntyre, Lyra Potter, like wonderful examples of Australian non-binary superstars. Uh, some of the more offensive things, I guess, are, do you think, oh, you're just like experimenting. This is a phase for you. You're just like, it's hot right now and you just want attention. Do you yeah. get that? Do people say that? Yeah, all the time. And I think... You know, um, being non-binary and that identity is 
it can be or it can't be and it's not solely tied to how you present yourself um, mm. and how you express your gender it's like very much an internal thing but if you look at pictures of me like back when I was four five six years old like I'm the same person I'm there with like Mickey Mouse shoes on and a wrestling belt like yes. I've always had that like masculine feminine energy combined like in who i am and mm. um i've never been afraid to you know challenge gender stereotypes and to just sort of like live authentically because like i said before i've always had the space to do that because my family and my friends were very open and encouraged me to be creative and expressive no matter where in the spectrum of you know gender or whatever that fit um mm. so i think for people to say like it's trendy i'm like that's like that's the reason i never had to come out it's because it's who i've always been and yeah. like my the people around me have always understood that like that's just like robin like it's not about being a man or a woman it's just it's just who they are one of the more obvious questions because it gets thrown around a lot by people who are being very rude on purpose is like oh i could <laughs> never refer to you using they them pronouns cuz like i'm not going to call you a table like i'm not, you're not an object i couldn't possibly i never use you can't ask me to change my language how do you respond to questions like that well, firstly, language changes all the time, like all throughout history. You know, even within a year or two, you know, language can change. And we, we see that now more than ever with language that just, you know, pops up through, you know, social media and memes and all of those kinds of things and then mm. sticks around and, you know, gets bloody put into dictionaries and stuff. Mm. Um, secondly, you use they, them pronouns all the time to describe people that you don't know or, you know, you don't know if they were a man or a woman, like, cause you've just been described them or, or whatever. Like it, it's part of your language more so than you probably realize. And like, thirdly, it just comes down to, to respect. Like nobody is calling themselves a table. Like that's not something that's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's just about people trying to live authentically and trying to be themselves and, um, if you can't respect that, then I really don't need to have any more kind of conversation or dialogue with you. Yeah. Well, I guess speaking of respect, there are obviously people, it's one thing if it's a troll, it's another thing if it's someone you know who's like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I can't be expected to. If I, That might not be your experience because you have clearly very wonderful yeah. people around you, but how is one supposed to respond when someone they care about is like, I, I, I don't want to do this? Yeah, it, it's it's so difficult, and I think it just comes down to understanding that not not everyone is in the same place in their journey as you. You know, they haven't had their mind opened up to the beauty and the diversity that's in the world yet, either because you know they haven't had the same experiences, or even if it's just through ignorance. Um, and it's it's understanding that you will find people who respect and value you for who you are, and that's the people that you've got to turn to in those really difficult times. Oh, absolutely. And I guess the final thing I saw a lot and have heard on the show is people people do this when people come out as bisexual. They don't believe them. People do this when they say queer. They just expect it's a gateway drug. And I'm hearing it for non-binary people too, which is like, oh, well, you're actually just trans and you're not, you're too afraid to come out. And have you heard that? And how, what is a nice, <laughs> I guess there's another way to ask that question. That's nice. But how would you respond to that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's really difficult one. I think um, some non-binary people do identify with them underneath the, the trans umbrella and that's, you know, that's their experience. But I personally don't, I don't, yeah, I just don't find that that's my experience. And um, 
I think like I've worked so long and so hard to discover who I am and to be comfortable in this place that I am now for them to just say, Oh no, well you're actually this, but like you just don't have the balls like to, (laughs) you know? Um, yeah, it's definitely offensive. And I think, but I think you can ask, you know, Oh, have you ever considered that maybe this might be an option or, um, you know, but yeah, I I don't really have, (laughs) <laughs> the perfect answer to that question, to be honest. Oh, it's so tricky. I mean, I guess yeah. it, it would need to be someone you knew. You'd have to say, are you in a good place that we can talk yeah. about this? Because I have some interesting questions I'd like to ask that might be too personal. And then what you yeah. said, I think it's beautiful, which is I've always wondered if people who are exploring their gender or sexuality that this is a safe way for them to to explore it further. Is that your experience or something like that? As yeah. long as you're starting like really, if you're making it clear it's coming from a good place, usually queer yeah. people at large are very open. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think, you know, there, there, there probably are questions that that person has asked themselves, you know, time and time again mm-hmm. um, in exploring their own gender and sexuality. So I think, you know, if you're in that place where, you've got a really good relationship with that person and there's a good understanding between the both of you, then, you know, those are questions you can ask. But again, it's just got to be coming from sort of like a loving place. (laughs) What a perfect place to end. Robin, I am just blown away. You are such a wonderful communicator. I think you dealt with some of these like quite negative, nasty questions with so much empathy and respect. I know a lot of people are going to hear the way in which you answered a lot of these questions and just feel more motivated to be a kinder person. So thank you. Thank you for like allowing me to chuck this terrible stuff at you. (laughs) No worries. Thank you so much. I think kindness goes a very long way and uh, we don't have to have it all figured out, but if we're being kind, then we're moving in the right direction. Amazing. And I want to make sure that we can link down below to where people can find you. So where is that? What's the handle and on what platforms? Um, Instagram is probably the easiest and fastest way to find me. It's just Robin Lambert, pretty simple. And you can get everything from there. (laughs) Amazing. We'll link it down below. Thank you so much and have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much. Bye. See ya. Come Out Wherever You Are is presented by me, Sean Zepps. Our lovely producer is... Lindsay Grain. Our executive producer is... Lemma Zaharia. And we can't forget our audio producer... Chris Marsh. See you soon.